Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you are with us this morning. Uh, I, I noticed a little bit of trend happening in first service, 9 a.m. at Coconut Creek. For some reason, y'all are afraid of the first couple rows. I don't know what the deal is over the last couple weeks, but, but y'all have started to drift further and further and further back. Listen, I promise if you sit up front, like nobody's going to bite you. Nobody's going to hit you. Like, in fact, you might actually get more of Jesus up front than you will in the back. I just FYI for next week. Uh, and so like, let, let's, let's kind of stop the trend of sitting in the back row. Let's not be back row Christians. Let's be front row Christians. Let's get the most we can out of God when we come to church. I, I just want to encourage us in that because I, I just see it happening or we'll just we'll just shut off all the back rows and then y'all be forced to sit up front so it's your choice but anyways uh we're glad that you're here this morning uh we've been in this series called chains over the last couple weeks and and we've been talking about the things that hold us hostage in life the things that are keeping us from the purpose and plan that God has for our lives and over the past couple weeks we've talked about the chains uh, of debt we've talked about the chains in the financial areas of our lives and we really dived in and talked about how God wants to Set us free. And last week, in fact, uh, we gave you guys an opportunity. Like, if you were going through some struggles when it came to your finances and you needed some help and, and you wanted some help getting you out of that and some accountability to help you work the plan to see yourself walk in financial freedom, we said all you had to do last week was fill out one of these get connected cards. And honestly, there were there were like 40 people that did this this past week. And I'm so proud of y'all that you guys took the bold, courageous step to say, you know what? I've got some issues going on and I need some help. And I promise you this, God is going to do some amazing things to set you free. And listen, maybe you missed out last week or you were too scared to say like, hey, I'm having some problems. And and maybe this week you've thought about it and you're like, man, I wish I would have done that. Don't live with regret. Listen, you can fill out the information card, put financial at the top of it. We will set you up with a financial counselor and we will help you work a plan to help you get free in your life because I believe that God wants to set some people free when it comes to the area of finances and and God doesn't want something from you he wants something for you he wants you to live in freedom he wants you to live in purpose he doesn't want you bound up by those things that will keep you from opportunities that are out there and so I'm excited about that today we're going to be talking about an area that is absolutely huge when it comes to people being in chains in life. And what we're going to be talking about today is the chains of our past. Now, here's the thing about our past. Every single one of us has a past. Like, none of us was just born instantaneously, like, in this moment, and we don't have any recollection of yesterday. We don't have any recollection of the past. All of us have a past. Some of us have some good things in our past. Some of us have some some moments that were absolutely unbelievable. And then some of us have some moments that we absolutely regret. There's some moments that we're like, man, when I look back on that, I am completely ashamed of that moment. I know when I look at my past, there are some moments where I'm like, man, I got it right in that moment. And then there are some moments where I screwed up pretty bad. And I don't really feel very good about myself. And the thing that I've learned about my past is that I can't change it. 
Has anybody been able to change their past? Like anybody, anybody found the way to grab like the magic eraser and just go back to your past and just kind of like wash it away? You know, you got the Mr. Clean eraser and you're like, oh, that didn't happen. And you just scrub it away. There's no Mr. Clean magic eraser for your past. There's, there's no back to the future time machine to go back to your past. That makes for great movies, but not for reality of our life. Because if there was, I would think that every single one of us would take that opportunity to go back into our past and make some different decisions. We would, we'd go, man, I wouldn't make that decision when it came to my marriage, or I wouldn't make this decision when it came to my career, or I would make this decision when it came to some friendships that I had in my life. We would all go back and make some changes. But what happens is, is we can't. And because we can't go back and change our past, a lot of us continue to relive our past and we continue to do the same things over and over again, expecting to get different results. And our past, what ends up happening is is our past ends up chaining us up, locking us up, holding us down from the potential that God has for our life. It, It keeps us from realizing the dream that God has for our life. And it just continues to, to grip down and it continues to move and it continues to wrap us up in so many different areas. And the problem is, is when I get chained up to my past, here's the great tragedy of, of being chained to my past is that I can't live in my present. Like I can't live in this moment. I can't enjoy these friends. I can't pursue these opportunities because I'm so stuck back here. I've got these chains wrapped around my life and I keep reliving these things over and over and over again. And the interesting thing about our past is is people make a choice to be chained. Nobody is born chained up in life. Nobody is born locked up in their life, how do they end up there? They make choices which have repercussions that chain us. And those choices lead us into chains and unless we have a key to get out of those chains, we'll continue to live in them for the rest of our lives wondering why we aren't seeing the things that we hear God can do take place in our life. And so I wanna talk to you today about some of the choices that you and I make to live in chains. One of the choices that we, we make in life is we choose to hold on to grudges. A lot of us, we choose to hold on to grudges in life. And the reason why we hold on to grudges is because we get hurt. You live life long enough, and at some point, some way, some form, some fashion, somebody is going to hurt you. Somebody's going to break your heart. Somebody's going to let you down. Somebody's going to stab you in the back. Anybody experience any of those things? Am I talking to the right crowd? If you haven't, like, you must not know anybody. We've all experienced that. We've all experienced some hurt and pain in our lives. And so let me describe to you what a grudge is. This is what a grudge is. A grudge is, is I want you to get full payment and more for what you did to me. Come on now. What you did to me. When you said that, 
when, when you did that to me, when you took that, you hurt me. And what I want for you is I want you to hurt the way that I hurt. I want you to feel the way that I feel. Not only do I want you to feel that way, I mean, I don't want you to die, but I want you to hurt, boy. I want you to experience the chains that I'm living with in life. And so what happens for a lot of us is, is we, we end up going and we start thinking about that person. I know, I know I've held grudges. So I know this is what, I'll, I'll talk for me. This probably isn't you, so I'll just talk about myself. I start thinking about those people and I start imagining in my mind, like, like if I was to have a conversation to them, what I would say to them. And in my mind, I start saying things. I'm like, yeah, man, that's good. That's good. Like, give it to him, TJ. Give it to him. And I'm like, encourage him. And I, I just keep venting that frustration and that bitterness and that anger to them. And, and, and you keep on wishing that, that, like, you win and they lose. Like, your team would win and they lose. And, 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 and you could gloat a little bit in that, right? And you think that the more that they would hurt the more freedom you would experience. But what you don't realize is that all you're doing is just wrapping yourself in more and more bitterness and more and more rage in your life. Not only do we hold grudges, but a lot of us keep operating in grief. We grieve. Now grieving is an important thing. When you lose somebody or you lose something that's important to you, there is a grieving process that is completely God-given and God-ordained and you are to grieve and work that stuff out and go through that and it's not that you're gonna ever get over it but God will get you through it through the grieving process and that might take you a month, that may take you three months, that might take you a year. But there is a point where you've got to get up. The problem is that some of us, we have been grieving for, for the last 16 years over the kid in kindergarten who bit us. Well, I can't accomplish that because I, I, they hurt me, you know. And what happens is if you're living in this process of, of, of never getting over your grief, you'll say things like, I will never, I will never, ever love again like that. I will never, ever open up my heart to somebody like that. Man, I, I, I will never uh, uh, allow that kind of friendship back into my life. Like, there's no way I would ever try to do this. Man, I, I've got to make sure I will protect myself, and I've got to make sure that nobody ever hurts me again. And what happens is that you start building up these walls around people, and what you're really doing is you're, you're putting up chains in front of you, and you're saying, I'm never going to let anybody get close to me again. And you think that your chains are protecting you, but really what they're doing is they're holding you in from experiencing what God wants to do in your life. Now, when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about in the first three months or six months or, or even a year, but for some of y'all, y'all have been grieving forever. 
You've got to stop thinking that, man, by putting these things up, it's helping you. When in reality, it is chaining you down in life. So we have grudges and we have guilt or grief. And then finally, some of us, we just walk around with tons and tons of guilt. This shame that is in our life. See, because none of us are perfect. It's not a single one of us in here that has never gone through life and not made a mistake. And here's the deal. You live life long enough. Not only are you going to get hurt, but at some point, you're going to hurt somebody else. You're going to do something. You're going to say something. You're going to create something that will hurt other people. And the first thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to look around and you're going to go back and you're going to look at your past and you're going to say to yourself, man, if only. If only I, I, I would have made a different decision in this, in this scenario. If only I would have seen my marriage for what it is and, and I would have realized that what they were doing wasn't that big a deal. If I could go back, if only I could go back and make a different choice. If only I could go back to that day at work where I decided to make that decision to, to lie about something. If I, only I could go back and take that back, it would change everything. And we start living in the guilt of our past. Now, here's the thing. There's two different kinds of guilt that are out there. There's good guilt and there's bad guilt. Let me explain the two. Good guilt is, is when you're doing something wrong, like you're lying to somebody or you're sitting at a bar and you have one too many drinks and, or, or, or you're, you're breaking the speed limit and there's this voice inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's not your conscience. It's called the Holy Spirit that's going, you probably shouldn't be doing that. That's called good guilt. That's actually called the conviction of God coming into your life. That is a positive thing. Bad guilt is, is when you have asked God to forgive you of something and you still feel guilty about that thing that Jesus has already paid for. That is bad guilt in your life. And when you start living with that and you start reliving that, what happens is these chains, they start to choke the life out of you. They start to wrap you up and they start to chain you up. And, and for so many of us, we've tried to deal with our guilt and I grew up in, in a time and in a place where, like, I, I was told, this is how a lot of people, when I was younger, I grew up, I got kicked out of public school, I was forced to go into Christian school because the Christian school, because they're Christians, they had to accept me. That's kind of the deal of being a Christian, right? You got to accept those that are jagged up, messed up. And so, just FYI, if you have kids in, in Christian school, all the messed up kids end up there because they're the only schools that will take them, Okay. It's called being Christ-like. And so, like, I got sent to this Christian school, and I remember I was messing up. I was jacking things up. And my teacher, a third grade, I'll never forget this, she went to me and she said, you need to promise to Jesus you'll never do this again. I don't know if you grew up in, in kind of religion like this where you had to promise Jesus. And so, so I'd be like, Jesus, I promise I won't ever punch anybody again. Two hours later, I'm punching a kid on the, in the, in the, on the, ball fields like they're making me make promises that I could never keep some of you guys what'll happen is you'll say man I'll make a promise that I'll never say that word again and I'll just tell you good luck because as soon as you leave here and somebody cuts you off in traffic you'll be saying that word and all of a sudden you do it and you feel guilty don't you why because you can't live up to that standard you can't promise Jesus you're not going to do anything ever again 
Religion has hurt so many people in ways like that and chained us up. And some of us feel like, man, if we don't feel guilty, then, they're, they're, then, then maybe we're not doing this religion thing right. But here's the deal. Jesus came to set us free. He came so that we can live with guilt and shame and grief and despair for the rest of our lives. He didn't come that way. And I love, I love what, what Paul, who is probably one of the worst, worst guys out there, if, if anybody could relate to things in life and could understand. If you don't know the story of Paul, Paul at one point was a guy named Saul and Saul uh, was tasked with, with shutting down the church of Jesus Christ and he went around and he persecuted people and he killed people. He was killing men. He was killing women in front of the, their children. I mean, this guy was calling, killing hundreds if not thousands of Jewish believers. And he has this radical conversion to Christ and, and this is what he says in Philippians chapter Three And it's unbelievable. Um, he says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. He basically says, listen, I know that I'm not all that in a bag of chips, but, but here's the deal. He goes, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. He, he isn't saying he's pressing on to perfection. What he is saying here is he's, is he's going, man, Jesus paid for something. And when Jesus paid for something, there is something that is available to me that allows me to love better, it allows me to live better, that allows me to live free in life, that is available to those that know Jesus Christ, that makes them radically different from those who don't. And he says, man, I want that in my life. He's saying, I want to take possession of that thing. And so what is that thing? And he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to focus on the word. It says forgetting. I want you to circle that word in your worship guide, circle that word in your Bible. And, and, and some of y'all are like, forgetting the past? TJ, that's crazy. I remember what I wore on the first day of kindergarten. Come on now. Like, I remember everything. And see, some things get lost in translation. The translation from, from their language to our language doesn't exactly translate in there. And that word forgetting literally means he's saying change your focus. He's saying it's not, it's not forgetting the past. He's saying you got to change what you focus on. For Paul, it would have been really easy for him to go, man, I'm such a screw-up in life. I killed all these people. I ruined all these families, and I jacked everything up. And he could focus everything that he had on that. Or he could choose to turn his attention and choose to turn his focus and not live in the if-onlys in life and the regrets of the past and the guilt of the past. But he could go, man, I choose to believe what Jesus said he did, which is he paid for it all, and I'm going to turn and I'm going to focus my attention on on that and you and I need to know we can't do this on our own strength you don't have enough human willpower to focus yourself out of your problem some of y'all have been trying to focus yourself out of your problem the only power that can set you free is the power of Jesus Christ because of the cross and we need that power he says I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So my question for us today is, is how do we do this? 
How do we change our focus? How do we unlock the chains of our past? And I believe above everything else, it comes down to a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. And so I think there, there are some choices. Maybe you need to make one of these choices. Maybe you need to make two of these choices. Maybe you need to make all three of these choices here today. A choice that we need to make. The first choice is, is I will choose Jesus over my grudges. And so my question for you today is, is who do you need to release in your life? Who are you holding a grudge against that you need to let go of that grudge from that person? Listen, here at Coastal, we're about the raw and the real. We're not about playing church. We're about living for Jesus Christ. So who are you holding a grudge against? Who do you have some grips on that today you need to loose them? For some of us, we need to cry out to God and go, God, today, I don't want to be chained up any longer with these things. I don't want to hold this person responsible for something that's impacting my life. Today, God, help me choose to give it to you. Help me to release these people, God. Give me the power and the faith through Christ to release them today. Who do you need to release today? Now, I understand there's, there's a lot of pain in this room. Some of you just went through a bitter divorce. And I hurt for you. I can't even imagine the pain that you're going through today. But today you need to choose to release your ex-husband. You need to choose to release your ex-wife. You need to choose to release your ex-mother-in-law. Listen, that takes a lot of power right there. Come on, you all know that's true. A lot of you have been abused. Some of you have been physically abused. Some of you have been emotionally abused. Some of you have been sexually abused. And I feel for you. And I wish that I could give you the power and the strength to release those people, but only Jesus can do that. And when you release those people, they owe you nothing. See, you and I, we have got to get into the releasing business instead of the revenge business. But TJ, but TJ, but TJ, you don't know what they did to me. You're right, I don't. But you don't release them for them. You release them for you. I don't feel like releasing them. Listen, you can't live by your feelings. Feelings aren't facts. 
and your feelings right now are keeping you in chains. See, because here's the deal. That grudge, that person that's no longer in your life, as long as you're holding onto that grudge, it has power over your life. That person is still owning you. And today you need to say, I will choose Jesus over my grudge. Because when you release that person and you forgive that person, what God is going to give you back is he's going to give you peace. And all of a sudden he can come in and start to take control and start to open up the cuffs that have been locking you down. And start to heal your life. So today some of us, we need to choose Jesus over our grudges. For others of us, we need to make a decision that, to say, man, I will choose Jesus over my grief. What does that look like? It's us crying out, Jesus, help me to accept what I cannot change. Man, I can't change that that person died. I can't change that that marriage ended. I can't change that I lost that job. I can't change that those relationships are broken right now. Help me to accept what I cannot change and help me to stop pulling back from people and stop pushing people away. See, you and I, we've got to, to quit giving time and energy to things in our life that cannot be changed. And we've got to start focusing on what's left and not what's lost. And I'm going to give you a key to life right here, to life that it will change some of your lives. There's more power in what's left in your life than what was lost in your life. Listen, if it was taken from you, it, God doesn't know that you don't need that for the next season of your life. And a lot of you, you're trying to bring this into the next season, and God's going, you can't take that with you. If you want to go to the next level, you got to break free from that crap in your life. you got to release that thing, and you gotta, you got to choose to accept what cannot be changed and start to live in the present instead of living in the past. Some of you, you guys can't go back to being 21. Some of y'all are acting like you're 21 still. But you got to live in the present. Because there's more power in the present than there is in the past. And God has got something for you. And you're going to need Jesus' help in this. And so, and I say, Jesus, I choose you over my grief. And finally, you got to say, Jesus, I will choose you over my guilt. I'm going to choose to believe, Jesus, what you did. And what did Jesus do? It, it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. What it's basically saying is it's saying the guilt of our life, it'll kill us in life. It says, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. 
What are the charges that he took away? It's our mistakes. It's our failures. It's our past. It's all the jack-ups. It's all the mess-ups. It's all the screw-ups of our life. And Jesus says, man, I take all of that stuff away. Man, I wiped it all away. And I know a lot of us, we use our past as our crutch for why God can't use us. Well, if you knew my story, if you knew my past, if you knew what had happened to me, there's no way that God could use me. There's no way that I could serve other people. There's no way that I could step out. And God's saying, listen, I took away all that stuff. That stuff is as far as the east as from the west. And listen, you got to understand that none of us is perfect. Every single one of us has got a past. I got a past. You got a past. The person sitting next to you has got a past. You are not an island unto yourself. It says that Jesus took it away by nailing it to the cross. Let me explain this verse a little bit to you because sometimes we, we don't have a great recollection of what the cross really meant. And, and, and so in the eyes of heaven, between the body of Christ and the wood of that cross were all the sins of the world. In between those two things, the perfection of God and, and the this earth was everybody's screw-ups, mess-ups, mistakes, whatever you want to call it. And as those nails were nailed into Jesus' hands, and as those, that nail was gone, was put through his feet, there was a blood that went between the body of Christ in the wood of that cross. And that blood covered all of our sins. And see, what we fail to realize is that the currency of heaven is blood. And we don't talk about this because it sounds weird today. We're like, blood, man, this is talking about weird stuff in church. But we gotta understand that blood was a significant thing in God's eyes. In the Old Testament, what would happen is, is at the end of every year, you would go and you would find the most perfect, spotless, perfect lamb, and you would take it to the high priest, and they would sacrifice that lamb in the Holy of Holies and put it on the, the mercy seat, and all of a sudden, the blood would look, run down, and God would look down from heaven, and he would see that blood, and that blood of that perfect, earthly little lamb would cover over all the sins that that man and that family had committed for that year it was significant and so when God looked down upon the perfect lamb of God his son Jesus Christ and saw the blood flowing he saw that that blood which is so much more powerful than a little lamb's blood it would cover all of our sins and it would set every single one of us free so what do we do with that like that's great Tidre. here's what you do Number one, you've got to receive it. You have got to receive it. And what I mean by that is you have got to choose Jesus. You've got to turn your back on life as you know it, living your own ways and your own will and your own path, making your own rules. And you've got to say, you know what, today I'm going to turn and I am going to follow Jesus. And some of us, we're banking on religion. We're banking on the fact that our parents went to church every single day uh, as, a, as a kid or we are baptized as a kid or we're good people. And nothing wrong with any of those things, but none of those things will get you to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that is you turning your heart to Jesus Christ and believing and accepting what he did on the cross for you. 
And the, the power of the cross has the power to set you free from the chains of your past. And it'll give you the gift of salvation and this amazing grace that will help you move forward in life. And here's the truth. Even after you make a decision to, to receive Jesus, you're going to make mistakes in life. I know that this is, this is crazy. Like, I've accepted Jesus, and I still make mistakes in life. I'm going to guess the majority of you have accepted Jesus, and you still make mistakes in life. So what do we do when we make those mistakes? And that's the point where, number two, we have to choose to believe it. We have to choose to believe that Jesus paid it all. And all you have to do at that point is say, God, man, I'm so sorry for the grudge that I've held. God, I'm so sorry for living in my past. God, I'm so sorry for this guilt that's been in my life. And today, I receive your forgiveness. And listen, I know you're not always going to feel forgiven, but you have got to choose to believe it and focus on God's grace will cover all of your sins. There's a story of a of a man named John Newton. And uh, John Newton was the son of a very famous uh, merchant, ship captain, and he grew up idolizing his father. All he wanted to do was to be just like his dad. And as he became of age, he enrolled to be in the Royal Navy of England. And within the first year, he was having a lot of struggles within living up to the standards of the Royal Navy of England and abandoned his ship and abandoned his crew. And they sent people looking after him and finally found him. And part of their punishment was as they put him on a merchant ship, serving this merchant ship where every single day they beat him and tortured him mercilessly. To the point where he was holding so many grudges and so much bitterness that it started to run his life. He became ruthless in his trade. And eventually took over the ship's primary cargo routes, which happened to be slave trading. Going into Africa and picking up slaves and bringing them back to Europe. And one night while out on the seas as they were bringing another group of slaves to sell at port. Went through a terrible storm and down inside the ship's hull. Thinking that he was going to die, he cried out to God. Said, God, if you're there, if there's any way that you can save me, I will follow you all the days of my life. God miraculously delivered them through this storm and started trying to follow God. But the problem was is he had so much anger and so much bitterness and so many grudges from the past. And then he had so much guilt for the things that he was doing in his life and selling people like they were property. He thought to himself, how could God ever forgive me? Eventually he made his way off the ship and God just continued to do this work in his life to this point where he eventually was teaching people about Jesus and became a pastor in England, actually a very famous pastor. 
And one day at about age 50, when he was preparing for a sermon, he was reflecting back on his life and thinking about all the pain that he had and and anger and bitterness and guilt that he lived with for so long. And he was thinking about how God had set him free from that. And he penned the words to this song that I want you to listen to here today.